Well, good morning. My name's Matt, and I'm the, one of the pastors here at the church. Hey, thanks, tech team, uh, for getting us back online this morning. These guys, Kenny, Robin, these guys are amazing. I did go back there and whisper, hey, it doesn't matter about the worship words. Just get the sermon notes on, and that's all. That... Great job, Robin. She is uh, amazing, and thank you for pulling us together. Uh, Acts chapter 1, if you have a Bible, you can flip there. We're in a series called Ghost Stories, and uh, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, and this morning, we're going to kind of wrap things up for the series. But in Acts uh, chapter 1, we find the disciples. Jesus has just gone up into heaven, and he said, go back to town, and I'm going to send this advocate, this counselor, this Holy Spirit. It's going to be better that the Holy Spirit is inside of you than me beside you. Remember that? I want you to go back and wait. Now, waiting, that's no fun, is it? That's tough. They waited for 10 days. And during that time, they prayed together. They met together. This time, there were about 120 believers. And Peter one day said, wait a second, Judas, we lost Judas. The, that, remember that guy who betrayed Jesus? We lost him, and uh, we need to fill that spot. And so we got the 12th, the 12th disciple. We need one. So 120 disciples, I don't know what they did that day, but I don't know if it was like uh, America's Got Talent or The Voice or something. They lined everybody up and they had X's and or, and, or what happened, but they, they had all these disciples and said, like, let's get it down to two. They've got two now. Acts 1, 23 says this, they nominated two men, Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice. Uh, and then Matthias, which I think is funny that this guy had three names, uh, Joseph, Barsabbas, and Justice, and then just Matthias. Just good old Matthias. We call him Matt for short. Um, and so we've got these two, and we've got to make a decision. Which one is it? Which one has God called us to, you know, which one is going to be number 12, all right? Have you ever had to make a decision before? Have you ever had to, like, go to God and say, God, what do you want me to do in this? I've got some options here. What do I do? You know, we've been thinking about that a lot. If you're a, a, a high school senior, where should I go to college? What should I major in? What should I major in the second time or the third time when you switch? What, where should I live? Uh, who, should I, who should I date? Who should I go out with? Who should I marry? Oh, my goodness. Who should I marry? And the questions don't stop, do they? They just keep going when they, you get older. Where should I live in this great, huge country? Uh, should I switch jobs? Should I take that promotion? Should I talk to that person? Should I say that thing? Should I go to that place? Should I? And all these questions that we have. You know, as a youth pastor, you used to, we used to get together when youth pastors get together, and we'd say, there's two questions that all teenagers have, and I, I, I don't know if that I ever, these questions ever stop. The two questions are, how far is too far? And you know what I'm talking about? We're on the same page, how far is too far? Okay. And second question, uh, I didn't know if I need to explain anything to you. Um, and then, what's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my life? And maybe that's a question that you're asking right now in, in your life. And you're asking direction, choices. You have them. We all have them. I don't think that ever, that ever stops. Because if you're a Christ follower, you're following Christ, that's a, I think that's an important question. God, what do you want from me? Where, do you, where are you leading? Where are you guiding? Where are you directing? Now, what did they do here with these two guys? They had this thing called casting lots back then. Now, as best we know, it's kind of like uh, flipping a coin or it was almost like dice kind of thing. And, and there's a lot of mystery behind the whole thing, but there was this thing called casting lots, and they would make a choice based on that. And, and all through Scripture, 
to this point right here, that's kind of how they decided. It was kind of a, a random thing, paper, rock, scissors type thing. Now, have you ever, when you had to make a big decision, kind of gone to some of these methods before? Am I, are you with me? Maybe you had one of these. You're like, all right, should I go out with that girl in chemistry class? Better not tell you now. That's on there. Should I eat Taco Bell after midnight? Yes, definitely. That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> do not follow the, the, the Magic 8 ball. Or maybe you've done this. I know some of you have done this before. You're like, okay, God, I need some answers here. I need to know what to do with this job thing, this job problem, the boss problem. It's called Bible roulettes, okay? You flip through the Bible, God, what should I do? And I'm going to, you've done this before, right? You're with me? I've never done this before. All right, you flip through, you put your hand just randomly on a passage. God, what should I do? Let's see, Deuteronomy 23, 12. You must have a designated area outside the camp where you go to relieve yourself. <laughs> Each of you must bring a shovel as part of your equipment whenever you leave yourself. Dig a hole with a spade and cover the excrement. That's in the Bible, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. It's totally free. All right, and you're like, oh, that's, that's, that's not right. God is... What else should I, you know, what should I do? And you go to, let's say, like to a Luke, I don't know, 1137. Go and do the same, it says. And Luke, was it 1037? 1037. Then you go over to John 327, and it says, go and do what you're about to do very quickly. That doesn't help very much, does it? Maybe you've tried that before. Uh, maybe you put out a fleece before. That's kind of biblical, Gideon did that, he put out a fleece. When I was a kid, many decisions, or teenager, many of my decisions were made on the basketball court. I would go, and I'm like, okay, God, I think I'm about a 50-50 shooter, all right? So if I shoot this and I make it, then it's a yes, and if I miss it, it's a no. You've, some of you have done this before, haven't you? Then you go to like, okay, two out of three. If I made a two out of three, five out of nine, five out of nine, and just keep going. And so there's just kind of this random thing to that. Or maybe you use the, the Bruce Almighty method where you're like, okay, send me a sign, God, a sign that's there maybe. I guess sometimes the signs aren't so obvious, are they? You see something, you're like, okay, show me something, show me something. And, and maybe something, a sign like this might come up and you're like, uh, or maybe something like this. And you're like, uh, I just... This isn't helping, God. I don't know how to read the, the, the tea leaves here, okay? Um, maybe there's a better way. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. I didn't want us to have a, a, a series about the Holy Spirit without talking about God's will and God's direction in our life. And so, you know, we could talk about, honestly, this for an entire series. So I'm going to try to jam a lot into the next few minutes, and uh, we'll talk about some ways I think that the Holy Spirit reveals himself to us and tells us what God's will is for our lives. And he does that, and I think in a, in a variety of ways. Now, when I was in uh, high school, my first day of high school, my parents gave me a gift. It was a blue-covered Bible, and inside of it was a verse. And uh, right there in the front, it was a little inscription from my mom, and she said, here's the verse I want you to, to follow. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Your word... I see some glowing faces, by the way. Your word is like a light for my path. 
You know what I found? I think God's will, it's, it's like a path that we're on together with God. God talks about walking all the time together in, in Scripture, walking in wisdom, walking with him in the beginning. And God's word becomes like a flashlight for us to show us the way. This is the first app I ever got on my phone, by the way, the flashlight. It's like a light for our path. And when you don't have the light, what happens? It gets pretty dark, doesn't it? Have you ever tried to, in the middle of the night, go somewhere in a path? We can flip the lights back on. Have you ever tried to go in a dark path in the middle of the night? How hard is it? It's, it's difficult. You you're stump your toe. You do all kinds of these. Step on a Lego, maybe. But God's word is like a light for us, and it reveals his will for our lives. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says it this way. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so scripture helps to equip us. It helps to shape us and teach us what God's will is. And if you would just do this, here's maybe a strategy for you. In your devotional life, just go through and, and look for God's will in scripture and different things that God says very obviously. Here's what I want for your life. Here's what I want you to be and become, and just write those things down. Let me just throw out a few things that, that I found. Imitate him, Ephesians 5.1. You can read the scripture references. Think about what is pure, holy, and right. Be joyful. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Let the word of Christ dwell in me. Be kind to the poor. Focus my heart and, and on heavenly things. Be kind and compassionate. Be devoted in prayer. Live above reproach. Make the most of every opportunity. This is God's will for every person in this room. Every person. It's God's will for you to have these character traits and to work inside of you through his word, through his, his light in us. I love this quote. The Holy Spirit's job, this is from J.D. Greer. The Holy Spirit's job is to shape us into being the kind of people God wants us to be. When we become the kind of people God wants us to be, we will do the kind of things that God wants us to do. When the word begins to work on you and to, to mold you and to shape you, God leads you and guides you through that. Popular verse, Romans 12, 2 says it this way. Our culture is one way. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How does he do that? Through speaking through his word changing you from the inside out, the message says, then you will learn to know God's will for your life. Did you get that? You will know God's will when you begin to know God's heart through his word, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And there's some things, can I be honest? They're super obvious in here. You're asking, we're asking sometimes, and I've asked these questions too. God, what do you want me to do in these areas? And sometimes answer has already been put in here. Is it God's will to lie to your parents to get out of something? No, because God tells us not to lie. He tells us that in scripture. Should I, should I go out with someone who's, who's not a Christian? I think scripture is pretty obvious there that God doesn't want that. It talks about that in 2 Corinthians six fourteen that we shouldn't be unevenly yoked. It's not a wise thing to do. Why is that not a wise thing to do? He's great. He's beautiful. Have you seen his eyes? I can, I can change him, right? I can change him for the glory of God. I can do it. But it's not a wise thing to do because why? Your lives are centered around totally different things. 
Your life, if you're a Christ follower, if you're following Christ, is centered around God. That is the most important thing to you. A person who is not Christ, a Christ follower, that's not their greatest desire. And so you are going in two different directions in life, and if you will ask anyone who has been in these positions, they will tell you it will cause friction, and it will cause tension, and it will cause division. That's God's wise words to us. It's in Scripture. Does God have a desire? I've heard someone ask me this once. You know, I'm just not happy in my marriage. And I think that I need to get a divorce. Well, Jesus tells us very plainly that divorce shouldn't be on the table if you're a Christ follower. Why? Because God ordained marriage. Remember that day that we got married? And he said this was for life? Now, I think there's some scriptural... There's some scriptural evidence that says there's some, some biblical reasons. God said himself, adultery is one of those reasons that, 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 that divorce can be on the table. But I think God's greatest desire is, is not for marriages to be in and out, but for us to have our marriages that are holy, seeking God. And when we do that together, he can do an amazing work in our lives. And love, folks, I, I know that you know this, love is not just an emotion that we just fall out of. Love is a choice. That, that passage that we read in, in, in almost every wedding that I've been to, 1 Corinthians 13, I, it doesn't say love is butterfly feelings in my stomach. Love is this gushy-gushy feeling that I feel around that special someone. It says love is what? Patient and kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. I don't hear anything about gushy feelings in there because those kind of come in and out, don't they? There's a, there's a choice that's there, and God's desire is us for, for us to be uh, in marriage in there, and that is pretty obvious there. There's other things that are obvious all throughout Scripture, and we kind of go to God and say, I don't know. I told you this before, and it, I guess it's, I tell you again because it was so shocking to me. I was in the church with my senior pastor, and another pastor friend from another church was with us, and we were talking to this gentleman, and he was in the middle of an affair, and he, in front of us, in the church said, I think it's God's will for my life to be in this adulterous relationship. Now, Paul's there. I think, I would just say this, I think every one of us has justified our sin before. Are you with me? We've been, made bad choices, we've done wrong things, and in the middle of that, I've said, I think this is okay. I think this is okay. It is not God's will to go against what God's word says. That is the ultimate trump card, okay? So know that without a doubt. Hold that as solid as you can possibly be, all right? You with me? Now here's, here's something, uh, you know, I, I was with, at dinner the other night with uh, Melanie and, and the kids, and we had, it wasn't Taco Tuesday, it was like Taco Thursday. And uh, we had burritos, and we're eating burritos around the table. And little Quinn's three years old, and she has a burrito, and, you know, those things are hard to manage. It doesn't matter. You're not, I have a hard time with them sometimes. She's three. She's holding this burrito, and it's like stuff is starting to come out the bottom of it, okay? There's meat. There's, like, uh, grease that's coming kind of out, of the, out of the bottom there. And I look at Melanie. This time, we're, we're seeing this, and we make eye contact. And I, it was like, have you ever had a conversation with your eyes with someone before? Okay, we're having this conversation, and I can just see what she is thinking in that moment, all right? And I, I, before she even makes the move, she starts to move, and I said, ah, 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 don't do it, don't do it, because I knew what she was going to do. She was going to get a binder clip 
and to clip it on the end of the burrito to keep it all together. Now, the reason why I, because I know she has MacGyver-like skills and uh, she, just the way her mind works, and I just knew that. And the reason I said, no, 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 is because I'm from Alabama, and I've been trying all my life not to be a redneck. And so, I don't know why. That's why I don't like country music. But there it is. And I know, I know. But I knew that. I knew that in that moment. I didn't, we didn't have to say a word. I knew she was going to do. I could, have, I could have called that whole thing. Have you had that relationship before with someone? It's great. I love the nonverbal communication, the conversations, when you know somebody that well, okay? Have you had those kind? When, when we walk with someone, that's why I love road trips. You get to know somebody. You laugh together. You hear stories that you're like, I can't believe I'm telling this to you. You're telling stories to, you're sharing life together and moments together and you get to know someone and your hearts kind of gel together. I think when you walk with God's word on God's path, we get to know God's heart and you get to know what he values and what's most important. As I've walked in in scripture and I've walked with the Lord, he's taught me all kinds of things. He's taught me things about who he is, how he values humility and serving others and caring for others and not giving up. He's taught me a lot about grace because I've blown it a lot. He's taught me a lot about serving and doing in the church and all kinds of things. That's what he reveals himself through scripture and we learn more and more about his heart, but he will never contradict what scripture is like. So he reveals himself through God's word. Another way the Holy Spirit reveals himself. Um, There's a C.S. Lewis book that's pretty popular, uh, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Did you ever read that? seen the movie at least, Uh, there's a scene where it's actually, you know, C.S. Lewis, Christian author, he he takes all these amazing metaphors and symbolisms and kind of weaves them all together, okay? And uh, there's the the lion whose name is Aslan, and he represents God in the story and the kids, and they're, they're fighting the white witch, and it's just a, it's, a, it's a beautiful story where there's a scene where Father Christmas shows up in the book, all right? Here's the scene. So here's what I think the Holy Spirit does. He, the, God has gifted each one of us. We're each gifted in a variety of different ways. Uh, they all look a little different. We, we saw uh, Garen's gift a little earlier, um, where he was, did you see what he was doing? It was, I was just, my mind was blown over here uh, when I was sitting there. He's playing the keyboard here, okay? He's reading music. He's feeding us the words at the same time. He's on the pedal. I don't even know what this pedal does. Uh, he's pedaling. He's seeing if tech is working, and he's leading the band all at once. And this is all going on in his head, and his, that's all happening at once. That's amazing, the, 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 the gifts that just kind of were displayed right there. I don't have those gifts, all right? I was not born with, with any of this, all right? In fact, my mom uh, made me take piano lessons because her dream was for her baby boy to play the piano. And so I took him th- from this woman, I think her name was Carol, uh, and the first couple of times it was painful. And uh, I found out though that Carol had a basketball goal at her house. I didn't have a basketball goal. And so basically I started, kept going to these piano lessons even past the time my mom wanted to because I could go play basketball at her house. And... About 10 minutes into every lesson, basically Carol realized that I had no desire to be there. And uh, so for this day, there's only one song that I know. 
You know that song, right? And I also know this. I don't even know what that is. But I remember that. Now, when, when Father Christmas symbolically, he gives them the gift in, in, at the beginning there, they go into this battle and they have these gifts and they realize through those gifts and the, exactly what Aslan wants them to do. He has the sword and when he leads, Peter does in battle. And the ointment to help others, to help to heal others in the battle. And, and these gifts are given and they kind of are a, a pickaboo into what God wants them to do, or what Aslan wants them to do symbolically. It's the same thing with us. Each one of us is gifted in a variety of ways. I learned that I wasn't very musically inclined. I learned pretty early I have a learning disability. Some of you probably know that if you've ever read my emails before or some of the things that I've written. I went to LD classes because my hands, when I'm typing and when I'm writing, my brain is about 10 steps in front of my hands, okay? And so the things that I am thinking, I am thinking ahead of my hands and, and I just will leave things out, words out, sometimes very important words out of emails, okay? And so maybe you've gotten an email like that from me, you're like, what is this that we're re- I don't even know what this is. Somebody with hieroglyphics expert, please help us out here. I, I, I can't interpret it. I have to edit everything that I, every email that I send, every text that I send, everything that I write. It's just, it's just hard for me. That's not one of my gifts. It's, now, verbally, some of you might disagree, but I enjoy this, this part of it. I love communicating. I love storytelling. I love listening. I love, and I think that I'm gifted in that, just listening to, to someone sometimes. I think I'm gifted in a lot of areas. And God has gifted you in a lot of areas, and maybe those are the areas that he's leading you, the places that he is leading you. That's where he wants to use your gifts for the kingdom of God. He wants to use your abilities. Now, maybe you're saying, maybe you're at an age where you don't know what those are. Maybe you're at a place where you're really kind of confused in that. It doesn't matter what your age is. There's some great tools that you can use as God wants to kind of help identify things in our lives. There's gift assessment tests that are, that are great. You can find those online. The Purpose Driven Life was written by a guy named Rick Warren. He talks about our shape in there. If you remember that, the sh- your shape. Everybody has a shape. And it talks about your gifts and abilities and your passions and things. So that one may be a good resource for you. Garen and Jen have both uh, led Strength Finders courses. Have you ever heard of Strength Finders, the book? That's a great tool to kind of find the things that you're good at, the things that you are, your, your strengths. Tim Keller, I, I put a, a print out of a a help sheet in the lobby for you. And he talks about some ways that all of us should kind of look for our, our calling, what our calling is. When you say calling, I'm not really called to, to ministry. He's talking about we're all called to be a part of this kingdom building thing. And whatever your occupation is, whatever way God is leading you in your gifts, there's some things he, he encourages us to do is to, to look out to discern what God's, where God's leading you. Look out into the world. What are the needs that are in the world? Where does my heart kind of go as far as my passions and my loves and the things as you look out? Then he says, and that's the word affinity, and he says ability. Look in. What are the things like we talked about? What are some things that you're good at? What are some things? Maybe you're an organizer. Maybe you're very analytical. Maybe you're relational. These are all kind of clues to leading you where God has you and wants you to do some things he wants you to do. Maybe just the opportunity. What are the experiences and the things that have presented you in life that God has kind of Lead it, led you and guided you in a, in a certain direction. Because every single one of us, Ephesians tells us, that we are God's workmanship. And we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Now, 
occupationally, maybe, got, maybe you've, you've kind of gone a certain direction. Maybe you're searching for that now. I think all of us have the same, the same goals in mind, the same two thing God, things that God wants us to do, to glorify him no matter where we are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what job you're doing. Maybe it's your dream job or maybe it's the job you never thought you would do, but your job in that place is to glorify him in all that you do. Your job also is the mission of God. God has given us a mission. He told us that in Acts 1.8, to go and to make disciples in all the world, to make his name known through all the world. That's not just my job or Pastor Garen or, or Michelle. That's all of our job as the church, to go and to tell others about this wonderful person, this wonderful grace that we found in Jesus Christ. We talked about district assembly. This thing called district assembly is probably some it's kind of maybe foreign to some of you, but it's basically where all the churches in the Church of the Nazarene District, the South Texas District, we gather together once a year. There's about 90 plus churches uh, that's a part of that district. And they're all over South Texas from way far west and then over to the coast of, uh, of Louisiana. There's a huge area. And our former pastor is the district superintendent. He's going to be with us actually next week, excited about him uh, preaching next week. Um, but his theme this year for us, and I, it, it's simple, but it is so good and so right. And I want this phrase to be on your mind, okay? Not just today, but for, for a while. He said this, God is for us. He is for you. If you've ever thought that something differently that God wasn't for you, he has been for you from the very beginning. He's for you now, no matter what place you are in life. He wants to do something inside of you. He wants to do a work inside of you. He wants to build your character and the person you've, he's called you to be so that he can do something through you. So he can do something through you. He wants to work through you. He wants to use you where you are to influence others for the kingdom of God. That's what he wants for your life right now. Now, there sometimes, uh, there, there's a fourth one that, that Tim Keller doesn't mention. I think it's a good one. It's, it's a word called Affirmation. These gifts can be affirmed in us. There was an anniversary this week. I saw it uh, floating. I don't know if it was Yahoo or where I saw the headline, but it's a 15-year anniversary of when Monica married Chandler. Okay, you with me? Did you celebrate the anniversary this week? Some of you did. Uh, it's from a show called Friends. Uh, 15 years ago, they were married. Now, when I see the scene, there's a part of me that really just kind of I don't know, it just kind of takes me off a bit. I, don't, I know that you shouldn't think that with Friends because Friends is a fun-loving show there. But when I see Joey marrying the two of them, I'm like, what? Because you know the story. He got like online and got an, or, or, or a license, an, or he got ordained online. Now, when I hear that, that's suddenly just like something inside of me just goes, Why? Well, because I went to school for a long time, okay? And... Those things are not, should not just be just handed out, okay? In fact, one of the things we did at District Assembly, it's the coolest thing. If you ever get a chance to go to one, we had an ordination service. Now, in our church, and in, in, in our community of believers, and I think this is true for other denominations, there's a process. When you feel this call to ministry, you go to school, they guide you, you have mentors, or your classes that you take, people along the way, to see if you have the gifts and the graces to be able to do this in, in a pastoral way. And then at the, the kind of culmination of all that is people that have been ordained come and the whole body of believers, the church prays for that person and hands are laid on that person and they go from, it's a beautiful service, it's a beautiful time. Now, what, what's the point of all that? The church is involved in this. 
It's not just an online process. I don't mean just the church of the Nazarene, but the church like we talked about last week, this great community of believers. Maybe, maybe someone has seen something in you, a gift or a talent. Maybe you had a conversation at one point and said, man, you're really good at this. I, I can see that you love kids. That's awesome. Have you ever had one of those moments where someone affirmed a gift in you or talent in you? The church's job, I think this, the Spirit reveals God's will through the church. And people like you who are investing in not only just kids and college kids, but each other when we infirm one another in the things that we see in one another. That's what the church, that's one of the jobs of the church. Now, I will tell you, sometimes, and maybe you've had a great moment where this woman, there was a woman that came up to me when I was a kid, and this was shocking information for me because I was... I don't know, I think it was 12 or 13, it was like, you're going to be a preacher one day. You're going to be a preacher one day. And I thought, there's no way, lady. You don't know anything about me. You're, if you did know about me, you'd know that I would not be a preacher. But that was in my mind. I was like, oh. But there was another situation where I went to camp meeting one time, okay, where I go down to the altar because the Lord was talking to me about some things in my life. And uh, this young lady, a young girl about my same age, they came down, she came down to the altar at the same exact time. And this woman from the church who I did not know, sweet lady, she must have felt something moving inside of her to come pray for us because in front of all friends in camp, she put her hands on both of our, our heads in that moment and she said, dear God, I know these kids are tempted sexually. And she had like a South Carolina accent, so it just, and like for the whole world to hear that kind of thing. And I just kind of looked up in my prayer time and I was looking at this girl and I was like, I don't even know the girl, okay? I know that they are, and I didn't stop her. Uh, sometimes there are kind of things that maybe we feel led to say or to do, and maybe someone said something to you that might not be from God, okay? Are you with me? I, I feel led to kind of tell you this, all right? The first thing we talked about was scripture. That is as solid as a rock, concrete. But there's some things you kind of hold loosely that God, as God leads, kind of like jello, you know? It, it's solid, but... You need to kind of test at the same time, okay? Are you with me? And, and so there are some times, there are some things that are said that are not necessarily, they're, they're really encouraging or really good intentions are behind them, but you just kind of have to test them there. Now, there's another job I think that the, the, the church gives us or that the God's given us as the church, and this is not an easy job. It says in, in Scripture that we should, when someone does something wrong, like not just not that moment there, it gives us actually instructions. Like when someone has, has committed a sin, and it's not, we're not talking about gossip, which, by the way, is scripturally wrong, but you know that there's something wrong in someone's life. That you take a brother with you or a sister with you, and you go and you, you approach the person with loving kindness, with grace in your heart, and say, listen. And, and, and there's, I think there's even a process in that. And before I even pray with anyone at an altar, I go through this process God, am I the person that needs to say this? God, are you sure that I'm the one that needs to have this conversation? Because sometimes those conversations are hard. God, help me to just speak through me. Give me your wisdom and words. Because there's something in our lives that is telling us, in our culture that's telling us this. It's none of your business. It's none of your business. But what God's word tells us is, is our business. Not because we're trying to tell anybody else's business around the world, but because we care for people. 
and we love each other so much that I'm not willing to see someone go down in flames, that I'm willing to step out with someone else, hoping and praying that, that directions can change in life. That's God's call in us to speak through the church and to affirm sometimes gifts and sometimes to, to have difficult conversations. Sometimes God speaks through circumstances of life. Maybe you've had circumstances where God has spoken to you in. And, and it's a mysterious kind of thing that's there. Um, in 1 Corinthians 16, 9 through 10, it talks about there is a, the, there was, Paul was saying, there's a wide open door for great work here, although many oppose me. In 2 Corinthians 2, 12, when I came in the city of Tros to preach the good news of Christ, the Lord opened a door of opportunity for me. So sometimes we, we think about this in, in doors being opened. Have you ever heard somebody talk about a, an open door or a closed door? There's some scriptural evidence for that. Now, I think sometimes we take scripture and kind of weave them into kind of folklore at the same time. Like I saw a Pinterest quote. quote. It was from Jennifer's mama, okay? Jennifer's mama said, whenever God closes a door, he, she, he opens a window. Okay, I, I can't find that scripture anywhere, okay? But sometimes we kind of mix what God says and kind of add some other Pinteresty type things along the way. But God creates opportunities sometimes. And in those opportunities, we need to pray for discernment. God, is this you speaking to me? Is this me, you talking to me or calling me this direction? Sometimes I think open doors, not necessarily, they're not always from God. If you think about the story of Jonah, Jonah, God tells him very specifically what did he wanted to do. Go and, 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 and preach the good news to this, this city. And what does Jonah do? He completely runs the opposite direction. And he goes, he's run far away from the town of Nineveh. And where does he go? He happens upon a, a ship that's there. Well, that's just God's open door to say, let me get out of here. I'm getting on this ship. Did that work out so well? No, it didn't. That wasn't necessarily God's desire. Now, God used that in the end, didn't he? But not every open door is from God. And God's path, and I know these are all kind of quick quips sometimes, but God's path is not the path of least resistance, is it? It's not. God's, God's path in our life is not always the easiest way. And if you're looking just for the easiest way, that's not always from God. And he, he tells us, look back at that scripture. It says, there, the door was wide open, although many oppose me. Although there's some opposition that's there, the door was open, and I and we prayed that God would lead us in that direction. Now, what if... What if you are in step with God? You are in God's word. You have this connection. You are in relationship with him. And, and what I've found when I've come to major decisions in life is when, the, when I'm the closest to God, oftentimes those decisions are the easiest, okay? They're the easiest. When I'm connected, when I feel very distant from God, that I haven't been in his word, I haven't been praying and seeking God, when I have something major come up, it's hard, because I don't feel that connection. I don't have that closest with God. Sometimes the decision has been very obvious to go a certain direction. And sometimes I feel like that I could go either way. Have you ever felt that way before? That almost splits down the middle? God, I don't think, had, in my experience and through the word, that there are definitive, if you don't do this and that. There are moments like that. But I think sometimes God gives us choice that you can go this way or you can go this way and I'm going to be with you along the way. There's sometimes, I think God speaks the loudest sometimes in the nose of our life. 
In Acts 16 through 7, it says this, 6 through 7. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at the time. Then coming to the borders of Mysa, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. There was something that was preventing them. There was something that was stopping them. We uh, felt, when we were in Florida, we felt God kind of calling us uh, another direction. God had blessed our ministry there in Florida as a youth pastor, and we had some amazing relationships there, but there was just something inside Melanie and I that were saying, we kind of feel like that this, this chapter of our life is closing. So we were open to other opportunities. I went on an interview at a church uh, in Florida, and, and when I was on that interview, I was just, God... Speak to me loudly. Speak to me clearly. Give me discernment. Give me wisdom. What are questions that you should be asking when you're, you're seeking God's will? Give me discernment. We go on this interview and, and, and find out uh, different things about the church there. And, and I was offered more salary as a youth pastor. Now, I, I didn't think youth pastors could make the kind of money that they were offering at this church. I just kind of assumed I'd be eating ramen noodles all of our life uh, there in Florida. But I thought, wow, are you there was one of those moments where they slipped the, the number on, on, on the piece of paper across the table. That happened. And you look at it and you go, well, this is definitely God's will that uh, we should be here. Because <laughs> at the same time, we're thinking, wouldn't it be great to get out of that parsonage that we were living in, the tiny house? Wouldn't it be great if we got a house that we could call our own? And so these things are going through our mind. We go to dinner. Uh, actually, it was lunch with the pastor that's there. And something happened at lunch. It was the way that the, the, the pastor spoke to the, to the server at the table. And it was in that moment, that kind of a belittling comment was made. I looked over at Melanie, and it was like we had one of those conversations. And God was in the middle of that conversation. And that's, I knew exactly in that second that God did not want us to come here, go there. And that's hard sometimes because I think God gives us no's in some moments. Do you remember that first scene that we saw from, from the movie that was there? They totally missed the stop sign, right? They're going in the wrong direction. You're totally going in the wrong direction. And maybe there's been choices that you've gone right through that stop sign. There have been people screaming at you. The Holy Spirit is screaming at you. The Word has screamed at you. You're going the wrong direction. Turn around. Maybe God has told you something and you've blown right through it and you need to turn around. He gives us the opportunity to do that. He says, okay, I've, I've missed that. Now I have a chance through God's grace to, to turn things around. That's what really, that's when he calls us to repent, that's what that's all about. And he speaks to us through the circumstances that are there. Let me plant this, this verse in your mind here. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So there's kind of a two-parter to this, your part and God's part. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's our part. That's my part in the deal, that I would trust in God and everything that I would do. In all my ways, I would acknowledge him. If you do that, 
what happens on his part? He will make your paths straight. He'll make your paths straight. Now, there's some things I think God puts in your heart, and he, he speaks through his will, through our spirits. Your spirit reveals God's will through our spirit. And Nehemiah, we're about to do a, a new series. I'm so excited about this series. And, and the next month, it's called... Um, Thank you. I could not think of the name of the show. Fixer Upper with, you know, have you watched Fixer Upper? With that lady and that guy, Chip, and thank you. You're with me. I'm sorry. I'm a little slow this morning. Chip and JoJo, Fixer Upper. They possibly will maybe be with us in video. I don't know. But the whole series is about this guy named Nehemiah in the Bible, okay? And one day, Nehemiah, God put something on Nehemiah's heart to go back and to rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. And it says this in, in Nehemiah 2.12, I had not told any, anyone about the plans God put in my heart for Jerusalem. So God put something in, in his heart, a, a mission, a passion to go and to do this specifically. I think that's the way God speaks to us sometimes. He presses into our hearts. Sometimes he speaks through his words. Sometimes he thinks through the, speaks through the wisdom of others, other Christians in our life. He speaks through our circumstances and he presses into our hearts and tells us. There's a couple of prayers I think that are good when, when he, he does that for us, okay? And I'm gonna invite you to do this, to, to pray these prayers here in a minute. We're gonna just have some prayer time. First one is this. It's a prayer of David. Search me and know me. If there's anything that's offensive in my life and my heart, I want it out. I want it out, God. If I'm not acknowledging you, if I'm not submitting to you, if I'm not doing what you want me to do in this area, I don't want to have that in you in my life because guess what? He's not going to stick around. He's not going to allow us to harbor sin in our life and his presence at the same time. So maybe that's a, a question for you today as we get ready to pray. God, is there anything in me that I've got, I need to confess today. And I'm gonna say, God, I need your forgiveness because you haven't been able to hear his voice in your life because of it. Maybe this morning you need to turn the light on. You need to turn God's word on in your life. This is not a habit that you have right now. And you need to download this habit in your life so that you can see clearly. Maybe that's the prayer of this morning. Or maybe it's like this guy, Isaiah. One day he comes into church and suddenly he comes into the temple and the temple is filled with smoke. And there's this scene like no one has ever seen. We actually, we sang a part of it this morning where these angels are flying all around and they are singing the song, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And when he gets into the presence of God, something happens. He falls on his face. And he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. Just like the prayer of David, God, there's stuff in me. I'm, an, I'm a man of unclean lips and I live amongst a people of unclean lips and I, I don't even deserve to be in your presence. And what does God do in that moment? He comes down and he forgives him. And then there's this next question from God. Here's the question. Who will go for me? Whom shall I send? So there's this calling that's there. And I think God has put a calling on every one of your lives. He's gifted you. He's given you things that break your heart, some passions in your life. 
Some of those things are kind of out of the box. There's my sister who's adopting, or she's working with foster kids in Nashville. And maybe that's something that God's calling you to right now. Is that a path that's an easy path? No, but it is a beautiful one. Had a conversation with someone about a year ago, and they were hearing about CR and about what happens on, on Tuesday nights. And, and they heard, well, what do they do beforehand? They, they eat meals together. Well, well I, could, I could cook those meals. That would be a great blessing to them. And so for a year now, this person in our church has been cooking for CR meals every Tuesday night. We've got a group of young people that are, are down that, those halls that they need as many mentors and images of what it looks like to be a Christ follower as they can get. And that's all of our callings is to teach and to show others about this Jesus. So take a few seconds. And I don't know what God's talking to you about this morning. I'm just gonna take a few seconds and then I'm gonna gonna pray. But I would just ask you to, in your seat, just to spend time with the Lord and and go as he's, he's guiding you. Jesus, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for this gift that you've given us, Lord. God, I thank you that you are a God that desires a relationship with us. Lord, you desire to walk with us daily. Lord, that you will walk through us through life's greatest triumphs and greatest trials. You hold our hands. You give us a light for our path. God, I pray that you would give discernment this morning or give wisdom. You tell us in your word that if we ask for it, then you will give wisdom, Lord. And that is our prayer today for those who are in this room who are facing hard decisions and they need your discernment. They need your guidance and direction. Lord, I pray that it would be so obvious right now the way that you're calling and the way that you are are pulling and shaping, Lord. God, I pray that we would not be swayed by the ways of our culture that would tell us that, that money makes decisions. Our feelings are always the trump card. God, I pray that, that, that the word of God, that your word, inspired by your Holy Spirit, God, would just penetrate our hearts today, in this moment, but in every moment. God, I pray that, Lord, we would fall in love with Scripture that we we daily ingest it, Lord, not out of some kind of duty, Lord, but because we want to hear your voice. We need to know your heart. God, I pray that you would convict us, Lord, for those who maybe have lost sensitivity to your spirit. Lord, I pray that your sword would convict our hearts today right now, Lord. God, I pray that in prayers across this room, Lord, that we would have the courage to repent, to turn direction, Lord. We've run through stop signs in our life, God. And God, give us the courage to turn around. God, thank you for your grace in those moments that we did go the wrong direction. But you, Lord, you prevented the worst from happening sometimes. And maybe you used some things to get our attention. Because, Lord, you have been with us along the way. You're trying to call us back. Lord, I pray for the person who wants to put their faith in you for the first time right now, has tried, their own, has tried their own direction for too long and has listened to the wrong voices for too long. 
they want to start following your direction and your voice. God, I pray that as they are praying in their seat, Lord, I pray that, God, you would give them the courage to surrender their life. Lord, give us passion. Give us mission. Lord, help us to be engulfed in what you're calling us to do, not only in this place, Lord, but as we leave this place, as we go to our jobs and we go to our homes and we go to our families and we go to all these different places in the world, we go to to Walmart, Lord. God, wherever we go, Jesus, I pray that you would use us in a powerful way to build your kingdom, Lord. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we lift these prayers up to you around the room and we lift them in your name. Amen. Would you join us and sing?